Hey, Rockheads. Before we get started today, I want to let you know about an opportunity to get face-to-face with some of your favorite .NET rock stars at Dev Intersection, happening this October from the 25th through the 28th at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. One all-day workshop in particular is called Making the Jump to ES6 in TypeScript, with John Papa and Dan Walleen. That happens all day Monday. Now, this is a hands-on workshop, so you bring your own laptop. You'll learn how to convert ES6 and TypeScript to ES5 using tools like Gulp and TSC so that it can run in any browser. You'll learn about modules, classes, maps and sets, destructors, types, interfaces, generics, and many more language features. And if you register for a workshop package before August 3rd, you'll get your choice of a Microsoft Band 2, a Surface 3, or an Xbox One. Plus, you'll save nearly a grand. Hey, get it? A grand. So register now. Check it out at devintersection.com. .NET Rocks, episode 1324, with guest Jimmy Engstrom. Recorded Friday, June 10th, 2016. And we're back. Yes, indeed. Still in Oslo. Yeah, and I like it here. It's kind of nice. Love it has been great. We're here for 12 shows, man. Yeah. Lovely, lovely place. We're enjoying ourselves here. Probably heard enough of that already, but uh, anyway, let's get right to it. Jimmy Engstrom is here. We're going to be talking some uh, all join with him. And first, we have a little business. Indeed. Better know framework. All right, buddy, what do you got? Well, I found this great article. Um, about Bootstrap 4. Okay. What's new? A visual guide. Neat. It's great. 1324.pwop.me. And that brings you to this wonderful side-by-side page comparing 3 and 4, and in some cases even 2, and shows you what you know buttons look like, and panels are now cards, and, uh, and what they look like, and... Uh, how fonts are bigger, like H3 heading fonts are bigger all the way down. Because, you know, Bootstrap, uh, the header fonts were really big, and then they got really small. And <laughs> I sort of compressed that a little bit. Um, the grid has changed a little bit, and you can see the differences. It's just a wonderful You know what's great about this blog visual post? Guide. You, as a, dev- as a web developer, can continue not caring about styling, but when they complain that you don't care about styling, you know what Bootstrap's doing now, yeah. so you seem educated. Yep. That's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> and that's really what our job is, to really? make you, the listener, uh, seem educated. Yeah. You don't, it would be nice if you were educated, yeah. but not a requirement. We, we can't do that, yeah, for, you, do that for you. But yeah. we can make, <laughs> we can make <laughs> well, you BS your the way uh, through a meeting. I'm going to give you some info so you sound smart. <laughs> 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 Love it. Oh, anyway, so that's what I got, Richard. Uh, who's no, talking? Love it. Yeah, who's talking to us? Grabbed a comment off of show 1051, the one we did with one Troy Hunt. Yep. We're going to be talking to you later on today about the security of IoT. And that's all went all the way back to October of 2014. So Great somebody show. wrote a comment a couple of years ago is about to get the surprise. Mm-hmm. And that person is Rob Murdoch. It's also okay. not his first mug either. Great. And he says, uh, thanks for another great show, Carl and Richard. And thanks, Troy, for all the investment you offer us in securing ASP.net. Hmm. What should we expect from the IoT device vendors with regards to firmware updates, especially those that are security related? Mm. Yeah, good luck on that. Yeah. Because the conflict is they'd rather sell a new hardware than fix the old hardware anyway. 
and combine that with remember we're not the normal customer. Right. We are likely to actually update stuff, but the regular mortals, there's not a chance in the world they're going to do that right. unless it's completely automated. It's got to just happen. That's right. Check your incentives. Yep. And Rob goes on to say, I have a home router made by a company that rhymes with drink this, <laughs> which is only four years old. I haven't seen a firmware update in four years. Now, that company has gone through some interesting twitches, too, yes, Rob. Yes, they so have. There is problems with that. But, you know, there's a, uh, there's a Hansel Minutia. Yeah, where I he talks did. about Subway. Did that whole Subway oh, God, show, that which was that great. was a complete derail show. Yeah. We had planned to talk about the Google I.O. keynote. Yeah. Never even mentioned it. Because he came back from the subway having that um, drink this router hacked and uh, feeding stuff into people's pages. Yeah. And, and he was just, it blew him up. Like, that yeah. was it for Scott. He was in a state about that and thing. He, and he called them on it. And yep. they were like, I don't know, this thing, should we unplug it and plug it back in? <laughs> well, they're normal people. Yeah. What do they know? Right, right? exactly. There's no, there's no way to know that. I think he actually replaced the router for them. Wow. Like Good for him. Well, because he loves that place, and right. he wants to be able to use the internet, and now he couldn't. Yep. So, uh, should I assume that the device just shipped is secure, remains secure, and isn't vulnerable? Yeah, you should assume that. What could go wrong? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Uh, all of my house traffic goes through this device, and I depend on its firewall being secure. Rob, listen to me closely. I'm putting my IT hat on. Mm -hmm. and a NAT router. Is not a firewall. No. Period. It is doing nothing for that. Nor does it encrypt. Yeah. It's not, that's not its job. It's not its job. Don't think of it that way. That is not how it works. You can get a firewall. It's a different product. But, but they can still reach you through a NAT address. Well, they're going to get to your endpoint. So yeah. this, this is not so much a, you know, a security guard at the door as a guy at the door who doesn't know when to open it. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's secure. It's not what it was meant for. It doesn't right. do that. Right. Our corporate firewall gets updates way more often, and that's because it probably is actually a firewall mm -hmm. where there's a group of people who are routinely adding new rules to secure it. Right. Do I need to buy a new router every year? Hmm. No, because for the most part, the specs don't change year over year, but I would say this, especially for us right, yes. as tech people, spend some money on a router. Right. Buy a good one. If you actually want to use the security features like firewalls, there are, you go over the, the higher-end net gears and so forth, where they have annual subscription firewalls, so you will be getting constant updates. Right. But, I mean, the reality for the $50 router manufacturers out there, of all of those companies, mm -hmm. is these are throwaway gear. They're yep. not, it is not worth it to them to fix it. So when the open SSL breach happened, which a heck of a lot of these devices used, mm. a whole bunch of them just did not get fixed. It said, yep. get a new one. Yep. So I don't think the standards change fast enough to go year over year, but if you want to move up to a few hundred dollars worth of device, which I think is reasonable considering how much we depend on them, you're going to get more of those features. And spend some time paying attention to the updates and actually do them. Yep. And you, a lot of that can be automated to a fair yeah. degree. And, you know, this is, for me, as a somewhat security-oriented people, this is a once-a-month exercise. Absolutely. I, I put on my tinfoil hat, and I mm -hmm. run around my house freaking out about security, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm Troy Hunt. I'm Troy Hunt. No, but and, wait. I don't do that. <laughs> and then you take the hat off, and you enjoy the rest and of the month. And you stop thinking about yeah. it, right? It's one obsessing. day a month. 
get all your patches done, work through all those things. I mean, other than the big crisis ones, which do happen now and again. Yep. So Rob, I uh, hope that was useful for you. Thank you for your comment a couple of years ago. Uh, .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And Rob's going to send us an email. Where were you two years ago? I got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to get faster at this. <laughs> and definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. We update our firewalls with them. Nice. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, let's bring on Jimmy Angstrom. He is a true geek of his own admission. Back in 2011, he actually became Geek of the Year in Sweden, an honorary title. He has been a Windows development MVP for two years soon, hopefully three years. Yep, coming up. He runs a user group called Coding After Work and a podcast with the same name. Check it out at codingafterwork.com. Back in 2000, he started building his first automation system, and it has had many shapes since then. Now it's all about all join. That's A-L-L-J-O-Y-N. He occasionally blogs at apoholic.se and tweets from at apoholic. Welcome, Jimmy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. I'm embarrassed you haven't been on the show before, man. We've known each other for a long time. Fellow podcasters. Right. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, And it was nice to see you in Sweden as well. I've sort of been doing the Scandahuvian tour the past few weeks, so we had Mm -hmm. a chance to hang out a bit. I wasn't there, You weren't that you were supposed to be. Yeah. I was contagious. You were diseased is what you were. I was typhoid Mary. (laughs) Nice. Exactly. Uh, But, you know, funny... I mean, we work so much at conferences normally yeah. uh, with recording shows and stuff. Mm. Let me tell you, when you're not around, I don't have to work near as hard. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I had a really chill time. I, I make so we, Richard Campbell work. Yep. It's, it's business when we're together. Right, absolutely. So I'll join. I took a look at it, and uh, I landed on a Qualcomm developer network. But I don't really understand the... the um, well, I kind of get what it is. It's a, it's a connected thing. But why don't yeah. you just give us the elevator pitch and tell us how it's related to yeah, Qualcomm sure. and everything. So Qualcomm actually started the development of AllJoin and then turned it over to Linux Foundation. So it's an open source project. Mm-hmm. And they also have an organization called the All Scene Alliance that right. oversees the development of the AllJoin yeah. framework or uh, protocols, basically. Right. So, so what is AllJoin, actually? So the cool thing about AllJoin is the uh, discoverability. So it's a protocol for IoT devices. And, and not just IoT devices, any devices, really. Any devices, that, yeah, sure. Like cell phones or, you know. We sort of yeah. get into the definition of what the heck's an IoT device. Yeah. Isn't anything that can in- connect to Wi-Fi an I- IoT device? If I, yeah. I, I guess in this case, it's, it's actually m- yeah. m- more about connecting to some kind of internet connection or, or a connection. Basically. For sure. And it's some kind of near-field proxim- proximal connectivity thing? Uh, it's through Wi-Fi. Oh, it is uh, through Wi-Fi. Yeah, at this point. Okay. Uh, so the, the really cool thing is that if you connect to the Wi-Fi, uh, you, will get, you will get notified about all the devices on that network. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you don't have to have a central server or anything like that. See. So I did a demo or a talk here at NDC all about AllJoin. And I talked about how you could do your own and how you can leverage other uh, uh, bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so in the simplest form, AllJoin is all about uh, having a producer, which it's 
kind of like a server. Mm -hmm. And then you have a consumer, which is a client. Mm -hmm. And a device can be both. Right. Either or or both. Okay. And so, is both the norm? Uh, I, w I would say that uh, the, the normal case is probably one or the other. Okay. But it, that's if you're designing your own system, right? I yeah. Mean, but if you're actually trying to discover things around you, communicate with them, then you might want to be both. Yeah, uh, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, the producer exposes a introspection XML, which is uh, the definition or, or the... the um, contract of what it can deliver. So uh, the XML contains uh, properties, methods, and signals. And signals are basically events. Okay. Sounds wisdily, doesn't it? Sounds very object-oriented. Yeah. And wh when you start a new Visual Studio project, uh, you, you have to download um, an, uh, a plugin uh, okay. to Visual Studio. And then you will have the, a project called All Joint project, I think. Right. So, then you will get a pop-up or a window uh, saying, so we want, want you to provide us with an introspection XML. Mm -hmm. So, you can do that by providing one from the solution, one from just browsing the disk, or you can actually browse your network. Because these devices know what they can do, and they will share it with you. But now this is for a producer to share? Uh, or for a client to share? This is actually both. Okay. It's, it's, it's for a producer to share, but when you build a project, they don't, w when you start a new project, they don't know if you're going to do a client or a server. Isn't a server just a place to gather all the information about all the clients that are nearby and pr produce a list or something? Or? The, the producer is, is more about uh, exposing the functionality of and the, the client is, is uh, of the looking for functionality the, to use. Does the producer expose its own functionality? Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. So it, it's like a server. Yeah. It has it, APIs you can call. Yeah, it's exactly like a server. And so clients are out there looking for producers to communicate with. Yeah. Got it. So the producer is going to give some data, in other words. I'm going to connect to it. I'm going to get some data. Yeah. Right? Or gotcha. take an action, like... A light switch could be a producer. Sure, you can I tell suppose me to turn it. on and off. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. Okay. Signals. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, by doing this, uh, you you will get. Visual Studio is going to generate a C plus plus project for you. Oh my! Wow. And look, mom, I'm programming C plus plus. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, you don't have to go in and do anything there. Oh, oh so thank that, that's for a that. good thing. <laughs> I'm hugely relieved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So then you just uh, have to create, um, you create uh, an all John bus attachment, and then you uh, pass it into a producer. You, you, you will have, the generated code will have your, uh, your interface name and producer after it. Okay. So it's going to be, in, in my case, I, I show them a something producer. All right. And it will just have all the methods and signals and events and everything just out of the box. Right. So you just say, basically you say, producer.start, and you're good to go. Wow. So th this... And now you appear on the, the network, so yeah. to speak. Okay. Uh, and you need to do one thing more. You, you need to create a class that derives from the, in my case, I something service. So right. it's an interface that whatever your name was and a service after it. Okay. Uh, and there you will get, you will get methods. 
regardless if you have properties or methods, you will get methods right. to deliver back uh, the values, basically. So mm -hmm. you, can, you will have some code to uh, implement the me methods, method calls and method calls for properties. And are these all REST-based port 80 kind of calls? Uh, these are these are dbus calls. So I'm actually not sure how dbus works. Well, not internally. on port eighty. Uh, I'm not sure which port it's working on. Okay, but that's kind of the beauty of it. I don't right, have it to just know works. that. Right. Yeah. And there's no firewall settings that have to be set or anything. No, no, just works. Is that a security concern for you? I'm not sure actually. I I I, I show off a lot of lights. Uh, how to control your lights. Mm -hmm. And I don't think all Yoin is a security breach here. Mm -hmm. I think the, well, if you're going to communicate with, for example, I have a lot of lights with the 433 megahertz protocols. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can just listen to those. Yeah. Right. They're, they're completely open. There's no encryption at all. So if someone wanted to drive up to your house and turn your lights on and off really fast all night long, they could probably they do can, that. They can yeah. do that. And you don't, you don't even need to be a hacker to do that. <laughs> sort of a light, a light, a denial of light attack. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I give you light, I take it away. I give you light, I give it away. So, I mean, if someone hacks your Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. you're going to have some other problems. Sure, right. yeah. Yeah, you're, you're already in trouble, although there's a whole conversation to have here about sort of security and depth. Sure. Like yeah. I, I would we'll, save, we'll save that for another show, yeah. I'm thinking. Th there is actually ways to secure this. I haven't looked at them because, okay. well, if, I, I don't need to secure these things. So another show. Let, we'll yeah. talk about <laughs> what it can do. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our friends at Stackify. Hey, you know, .NET developers are writing better code these past few months. Well, the thousands that are using Prefix are, anyway. Stackify built Prefix to rapidly improve their own apps. Now they've decided to share it with the rest of us, which is great. No .NET profiler is easier, prettier, or more powerful, and people are catching on. Twitter is a flutter with stories of saved bacon. Go to bit.ly slash getprefix, and we'll hook you up with a free download. Uh, actually, I should start with uh, talking about the consumer. The consumer okay. is basically the same thing. You okay. do a, a, you create a watcher that's going to watch for devices implementing a specific protocol All right. or an interface. Hmm. And every time some, some uh, device joins your network, it's going to throw an event. Got it. So, so I would get an event and then I can just populate a device list. Yeah. So that's quite easy. And the, the devices I get back will implement this interface and I will just have methods and properties and I can just set them and it will communicate throughout my network to back to the producer. Cool. Uh, I was actually amazed how simple this is. I mean, Great. it's like 10, 15 lines of code that I have to write. Hmm. Then again, it's like the C++ project is... Exploded. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's sure. a lot of files. Yeah. Uh, and and the really cool part is that they're already hardware using this. Mm -hmm. So, for example, LifeX has Wi-Fi bulbs mm. with all John implemented already. Right. Wow. Because it's just a specification. Yeah. I mean, every 
every one of these, like the light bulbs and so forth, they're all trying to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. We'd rather just not invent different communication for each one of them. Exactly. Richard's done X10 for many years. Yeah. And I went to his house and I see these panels all over and I, I don't know what is going on. And I remember that you, uh, they communicate through electricity panels? Yeah, they, 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 electrical circuits? They send signals at, at the zero point in the AC cycle. So 60 times a second, you know, you got your AC sign up 120 when down and negative one. When it does a zero crossing. So when it crosses is when it would literally insert those signals. Now, Crazy. what does that actually mean to us? It means, A, it looks like static on the line. So right. noise filters ruin yeah. x10 <laughs> yeah and also circuits like you can't jump from one circuit to another well, it depends right? on how the how the house is wired like and that's beyond most people right off the bat but you had a, that issue i have i have bridging yeah uh, so you had i solved that bridging. problem right. but it also means you can only signal w once every 60th of a second right right and so when in, in, in modern x10 you think about the light switch handshake right i yeah. want this light to turn on mm -hmm. it not only sends that signal several times it then listens to see if it actually worked and checks right. to see if the light's on. So, you know, lots of people hitting light switches at the same time in a space is often enough that it conflicts. Right. It's not, you know, it was a convenient protocol, but it's not a very good one. Right. Right. So, anyway, yeah. I didn't mean to derail, but a little right. context for what we already know. Sure. And so, there are devices already out there. There's also, uh, Microsoft has provided uh, the Allseen Alliance with a couple of projects. Okay. The first one is Open Translated to Things. So this is basically a node project that translates whatever device you have into Alljoin. Okay. You have to write the code yourself, but it's node, so basically JavaScript. All right. Easy. Uh, I haven't looked that much uh, uh, in that subject, but mm -hmm. I mean, I, I see the upsides. But the thing is, this is a per device translator, mm -hmm. basically. So, so you will have a node script for per device, or you can actually onboard devices onto your. So, any device that has connectivity and has JavaScript can use all join. Actually, you can use this as a bridge. So, you can oh. run this on any computer and just whatever you can communicate with that device. Wow. Uh, but they have also done, a, in my opinion, a, re a cooler thing. Okay. They have, a, they have provided a device system bridge. So this is a universal app, uh, or a service, I should say. Mm. Uh, you can run on basically any uh, Windows 10 device. Mm -hmm. And it would translate a bunch of devices uh, to all join. Okay. So, for example, there is a Zigbee bridge already available. Zigbee is another one of those yeah. uh, home automation protocols. Yeah, exactly. A better one than X10. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's got Agreed. its own problems, but they do. They they they're pretty cheap. Yep. They're low power. Yep. But mm -hmm. they have compatibility problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. One and they are running in the frequency. You know, it's two point four nine hundred megahertz. Like mm -hmm. depending on where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Zigbee's awesome, then I use my microwave and it doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah. right? like, it's those kinds of things that happen. So there's already a bridge for that. Mm -hmm. There's also another protocol called Z-Wave. And they have also the compatibility problems and stuff like that. So all, I mean, all protocols have some kind of yeah. problem, right? But it's all, and it really comes down to what devices can you buy. Yeah. So do these bridges allow me to mix and match then? Yes, I, ah, that's the beauty see, of that's it. That's very cool. Because on the other si side, it's all all join. Right. Hmm. So Microsoft actually provides us with a Z-Wave bridge right off. Uh, it's, it's already installed when you install the Windows 10 IoT core. Okay. 
and it can run on a Raspberry Pi or something. Right. Mm. So the only thing you need to do is enable it, and you need to buy a Zed stick. It's a USB dongle to talk Zed wave. Right. Okay. Uh, Someone wants to call it Z-Wave, just yeah, make sure, yeah, you sure. know, yeah. Swedish. <laughs> Z-Wave, Z-Wave. Z-Wave, Z-Wave. Yeah, it, it's a, I mean, it's a well-known protocol. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and I'm excited about this because I'm just thinking, I've been thinking in terms of some of these things I want to incorporate and the yeah. fact that I, would, I could look at those components now, like it just opens up a whole bunch of stuff. So the usual course of action is actually picking one. Right. But... I have a lot of 433 megahertz devices. That's the same as X10, right. basically. Uh, or actually, it's, it's this radio frequency. The remote is going to talk to the... Uh, the they have uh, X10 bridges to yeah, via exactly. 433. Yeah. And 433 is the old um, VHF, uh, like, handheld phone devices and things like that. Yeah. Before, before cell phones, right, is the original um, wireless telephones were 433. Yeah. So it's one of those open frequencies that's full of stuff. Like, it yeah, has its own yeah. issues. Mm -hmm. sure. So what I did was I have a Telstick. So that's a little, little USB device that can talk 433 megahertz right. protocols. Mm -hmm. And they basically implemented all of them. There are probably some... Sure, some weird ones on the edge, yeah. but enough of them that yes. you're good. X10 mm -hmm. is supported, for right. example. Uh, and so I built a device system bridge for the Telstick. Yeah, and okay. I, I will release it as open source as soon as I'm, I'm done with it, you sure. know, <laughs> how sure. the story goes. Or as soon as you're not embarrassed to show the code to others. Exactly. No. <laughs> 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 uh, so suddenly, now I can talk all join with all my devices that I already have in my home. Nice. So, and I also bought some C-Wave uh, devices as well. And it works just fine. Just works. Yeah. Mm. And the All-Scene Alliance has actually made some, some interface for us. So they made a lightning service framework. So basically an interface for lightning. Wow. For lighting? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought you said lightning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some one's harder on the house than the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't only implement these kind of interfaces... Mm -hmm. The Zedway bridge, the Zigbee bridge, the Telstick bridge, everything's gonna, just going to work. They're nice. going to turn up like lights yeah. in your home. They just appear as lights, and you can signal them on and off. And yeah, yeah. And they have, they, have, they have different kind of services. They implement, uh, like, I think it's four of them. Mm -hmm. So one of them is lamp details, so imp details about the lamp. You have some parameters like... Does it have color? Does it support themes? Does it support um, uh, dimming? Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So All of the things that a, that a, a, a light might do. Yeah. It's, you know, and that used to be pretty simple. Right? Yeah. On, on, brighter, <laughs> yeah. you know. But then you get into the, the, the fancy Wi-Fi lights now, yeah. right? The Philips light, the Hue, and, yeah. and those kinds of things. And it's like... No, it's not only do I want you to set you at fifty percent brightness, but I want you to be a soft shade of beige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's actually a good point. Uh, Philips Hue actually yeah. uses Zigbee to communicate with the lights. Nice. But they have a Wi-Fi bridge as well. Yeah. So there's a guy called Morton Nielsen. As I'm sure you know him. Sure. Uh, he actually made a device system bridge for Philips Hue. Okay. So if you have Philips Hue, it's just going to work again. It's just going to work. You yeah. just install that bridge. Yeah. And what am I putting this on? This is on my. So this can be the. This can be on a Raspberry Pi. Right. You can run multiple bridges on the same machine. Right. Uh, we're talking about Raspberry Pi. We're talking about a thirty-dollar machine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, in my case, uh, actually, I have some driver issues with the Telstick and the Raspberry Pi, oh, so okay. I actually have to run it on a, on a real computer. Real, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, it, even the small, the com little compact BCs these days are just a few hundred dollars. Yeah, right? sure. Intel NUC. That, yeah. Although you pay a little premium because it's really small, yeah. but uh, but still, you know, you've got a full bore PC sitting there that's fanless and and can be mounted on a wall. Like it's yeah. pretty trivial. I love, I've actually done real installations of kiosks with, uh, with Intel Nux, and they work great. Yeah, they're, they're just solid. They're bulletproof. Yeah. 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 So, but that's exciting. It's exciting that you know these these are the pieces of hardware, and we get to use our .NET skills essentially mm -hmm. to right. now work in this embedded space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, Richard. Hey, buddy. Guess what time it is? Must be that happy time again. Yeah. It's time to connect to this show's all-join producer and turn down the brightness. <laughs> <laughs> I got a brightness knob, but it just doesn't work. It don't work. <laughs> That's a Gallagher joke. He said, you ever wish the television had an intelligence knob so you could turn up the intelligence? Yeah. It's got one called brightness, but it don't work. <laughs> All right, it's actually time to give away a Telerik DevCraft collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Hey, do you know Swift, Objective-C, and Java? Can you use them in tools like Xcode and Android Studio? If so, awesome. For everyone else, there's NativeScript, a cross-platform framework for building native iOS and Android apps using skills you already have. JavaScript or TypeScript, CSS, and a XAML-like XML markup. Build the mobile apps you've always wanted to build. Use the NativeScript CLI for free, or use NativeScript inside Visual Studio with a Telerik platform subscription, which enables you to build iOS apps without the glowing Apple. Get started for free at nativescript.org. All right, buddy, who's our winner? Today's winner is Mark Whitelock. Well, gracious, Mark. I'll clap for you, sir. I'll clap for Mark. And those obnoxious, obnoxious yes. clappers. Let's get rid of those. <laughs> Mark just won the Telerik DevCraft collection from uh, Telerik. That's a big pile of awesome from them. If you don't know what we just did here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one very lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club picked at random. But you have to sign up to win. And we like to ask our guest, Jimmy, if you had $5,000 US to spend on technology today, what would you buy? So I would probably buy a HoloLens. Yay! Yay. Safe bet. Yeah. Safe HoloLens bet. HoloLens and IoT together. There's so many possibilities, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just this idea of I walk around my house and my HoloLens is interrogating my devices through stuff like AllJoin and just yeah. lights up. Here are all the capabilities of this lamp, right? Yeah, and then you could yeah. take control of the lamp, like a dynamically definable interface. Oh, how would you like to do that? You know, do a little pinch gesture and just right. move a lever down? Exactly. But I like the, you know, what you're just talking about, and I was thinking about exactly this, digging into the D-Bus and so forth, is like that, yeah. Now with a HoloLens, it's automatic interrogation. You look at the device, it fi at the object, it figures out what that is, goes out on the network, figures out which one it is, and then just produces a list of yeah, its capabilities. Yeah, you see all the stats just hovering whoop, around. Here it, it is. Yep, it's a wonderful idea. That's creepy. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen Morton Nielsen actually made a video like that? Yeah, really? Yeah. With a HoloLens? Yes. Hmm. I think we need to get Morton on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm making a note, Jimmy. That's an awesome idea. That's an awesome idea. I'll be doing that myself. We both have them. Don't hate us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I've been working with it quite a bit lately. Very good. Um, ac actually, we are, uh, 
one of the lucky few in Europe that mm. I also have one. But nice. Uh, let's face it, you can always use two. Yes, uh, you can. Yeah. 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 Yes. Ah, yes, you can. It gets more interesting as more of them are around. They talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. And the things go on. That's really cool. Oh, so where do we go from here? I mean, on one side, I just am glad to know that All Join is out there. Are people, are, are the big organizations, the Philips and I mean, all the other IT, are they generally piling on? Like, is this going to be the standard? Yeah, actually, it, there's a lot of companies working together with Allsyn Alliance. Okay. So, uh, I mean, handing it over to the Linux Foundation stuff, this seems to have worked. That people, I would say, yes. It's no longer, yes. you don't have to deal with Qualcomm. I mean, that's the game, right? It's like you come up with a spec that you're pretty happy with, you put it in an independent organization and just be part of the, you know, sort of give up control of it yeah. and be a contributing member. I mean, Microsoft have com contributed a lot of things. Nice. And um, I know Insteon is going to implement it in their Insteon hub. That's oh, wow. great. And that's, that's great. And that's another, you know, smart home yeah. device collection right yes, there, yes. right? All the Insteon stuff. Oh, there's you know, lots of stuff. And I mean, with these bridges, I mean, developers can just build a bridge and get every, every their home automation system right. to join all giants. When right. I think about, like, hot... IoT devices. I think about like the Nest thermostat. Yeah. Any, do you happen to know if it implements against all joint? Uh, I'm not actually sure, uh, but I think you m there might be an open uh, translator to things uh, translated for right. the Nest, but I'm not sure. About and part that. of this is just bridging too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Is sure. there a way to get there? Like, I'm glad that Microsoft's on board and Qualcomm. I mean, it's not it's not as publicly visible as most organizations. Yeah. But. A non-trivial number of Wi-Fi chipsets, a non-trivial number yeah. of cell phone chipsets. Sure. That's what well, Qualcomm does. Yeah. It's a bunch of this underlying communication stuff. They're mm -hmm. important to making all of this real. Yeah. Um, but what about the Googles and the Apples and like the other big uh, tech players? Are they, uh, are they all participating to some degree in all joint? Uh, I'm not sure about those. I'm... I'm pretty sure Apple is not. Right. <laughs> Apple doesn't participate in anything. Yeah, so really. Yeah. There's always going to be a no, it's going to be them. Yeah. However, it does run on an iPhone, doesn't it? Yep. It's, yeah. it's cross-platform. Sure. Sure. Oh, here's the press release. Yep. The Thread Group, which is backed by Nest Labs, is in with awesome. the Open Consortium. Uh, Intel, Cisco, Panasonic, Microsoft. Yeah, these are big players. All right, so... What do we want to do with this? As, as, is, is this just something we should include when we're working in IoT hardware or we're trying to build software to work in the IoT space? We need to think about this? Yeah, why not? Sure. Uh, the, the, I mean, the beauty of it is if you implement a light uh, service uh, framework, mm -hmm. it will work with all devices. Right. So, so it's not like you're planning an application in advance. You're just basically creating the plumbing so that other applications can connect to you to aggregate your data and to work with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's just a way to expose an API, essentially. Yeah. So imagine a future where all, you know, um, household appliances or fuse boxes or furnaces or refrigerators or whatever yeah. are, are equipped with this stuff, and then you could walk through with a hollow lens and just look through the house and yeah. see what's, what the problems are. Yeah, or just an iPad for that matter, right? I mean, how, how many times have you taken your car into the auto mechanic, right, and they connect it to a computer, and they got to look at all the computer. Well, they could just put on a hollow lens and look yeah. and see yeah. what the problem is. I just I like the idea that we have common interfaces. I mean, I I think the Holland is a very cool way to go. It's just an expensive device. Oh sure, but I mean, you know, this is the possibilities we're yeah. talking about. But giving common protocols and then build sort of generic clients. Yeah. Mm. So that we uh, work with everything. So we actually bought a really really expensive IoT project, 
some people call it a house. <laughs> That's great. We're, we're actually we're moving next year. So. Oh, so it's yeah. under construction. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the planning has begun. Uh. So what do we need? How can we talk to this stuff? When a couple of geeks buy a house, it's going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. We actually have a um, v- VR, AR, MR room. So right. So you're going to have a dedicated space to that yeah, whole e- yeah. experience. But do you put a lot of wire in the walls? Are you thinking that in those terms? Uh, actually, the, the house is already basically built. Right. So we don't have a lot of saying in it. And what uh, goes in the walls? Uh, yeah. So yeah. So hopefully there will be a way to, to incorporate that later on. Yeah. Well, I'm big, I put a lot of Ethernet in my walls, man. But I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, you want it, You want everything to run off of Wi-Fi, but you know, Wi-Fi gets overwhelmed, and yeah. and you certainly want the you know the backbone pieces to be wired together. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's an interesting IoT project, and smart home's not a new idea. Like we've been fighting this problem of how do we get more intelligence into right. our houses. I'm still not happy with my. You know, talk about a dumb problem. It's like I want the lights to turn on in my garage as you come in with your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you know there's a whole set of sensors there. The fact that the garage door is opening is a, is a signal. The fact that there is a motion sensor in there for the alarm system. Yeah. And, and there are definitely lights. But getting all that stuff to talk together in the earlier protocols like X10 and things, it's just not that simple. Yeah. And I, I just want, you know, Wi-Fi is a great protocol, but it's got some overhead. Like that's not, that's not a tiny chipset. That's a lot of antennas. Yes, of course. And it is an attack surface. You know, I read a comment off of an IoT security show for a reason. It's like we do have to think in terms of making that work. I did do, while we were chatting here, a quick look up on the D-Bus side and so forth. And I don't know if they... The D-Bus is an old spec. It's mm, been yeah. around a long time. Yeah. Um, very stable. It's just ASCII characters that can transport any way you want. But there's no reason we couldn't be using SSL for everything. Yeah, yeah. sure. But you think about... From a an embedded device perspective, you know, when you think IoT, you think small. Mm-hmm. SSL computations are not free. Like there, that is an overhead to actually encrypt. Yeah, and I don't know how anal we want to get about certificates either. Right? Yeah, could we actually get end-to-end certificates on every device has its own cert and we manage them? It's like, but it, the consumer's never going to figure this out. I think yeah. we could barely figure it out. I battle every time I have to update my cert for my Exchange server because you know deep down I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, that, that's just the stuff that's hard. Yeah. So actually getting all of that stuff to, to communicate and to, be, and to do it securely. Yeah. Like encrypt by default. Yeah. I don't know if we're there yet. Probably not. Yeah. So what kinds of cool projects have you done with, uh, with AllJoin? So, so far, I've just played around with it. I mean, we, we just bought the house. So yeah. I, I don't really want to do a lot of more stuff in our apartment. But what do you plan to do with it then? Um, so my wife and I has kind of different limits for lightning. Lighting, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and um, so my, I'm a developer. Yeah. I basically need my screen to light things up. Yeah, right. sure. Nothing more. So my lowest limit for now, okay, now my eyes don't hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. My wife is totally blind in yeah. my lighting. right. So maybe we could do something like when she walks into a room, the lighting turns up. Mm. And if I walk into a room, it turns down. Right. So you need like a face recognition with... Or beacons. Yeah, beacons. And if you're both in the room? Then I am devel- the developer, right. so I override that stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure but, it'll, it'll be dimmer. 
<laughs> I don't know about you, but I've had some experience with the beacons. In fact, I think Qualcomm has beacons, right? Yeah. I think we use them. And uh, uh, if you don't get the right ones, you'll find that battery is running out all yeah. the time. You're always recharging them, and they're not practical to keep on your person all the time. Um, and then there are other things that don't take so much battery, but you have to get closer, yep. you know? So I've had, I haven't found beacons that have satisfied all the needs that I need, you know, for, for what you're trying to do yeah. there. Could you do it with, um, connect devices? Cause connect I was thinking you could do it with connect. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the skeletal recognition, I mean, we've already seen that on Xbox where it can tell the, the people that have registered with the system, it could tell one person or another. It can yeah. even do facial recognition. Yeah. In fact, any camera, you could use OpenCV, for example. Yeah, to use it's just a question of distance. Thing. And do you it's have true. to get a shot of the face? It's the true. fact that you could measure it just by the way you walk. Yeah, go, oh, that's, I you know, could I know actually. That you could actually forget about the way you walk. How about just the width of your height of your head and the yeah. width of your shoulders if they're significantly different? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to be able to gather that data. Occupancy sensing is a hard problem. Actually, it is. Yeah, you know, just knowing there's somebody in the room still in the room, and I wonder if if something like a connect is a well, good way to go. A connect will tell you there's people in the room, no problem. Right. Um, Figuring out who they are, if you have a large set to choose for, it's just you and your wife yep. and your different heights. You can just read the height of your, uh, you know, your neck bone or something like right. that, and, and figure it out, and figure out which one you're closer to. Um, but if you've got ten people to decide to choose from, it's going to be a lot harder. And it connects a lot of hardware too. Like talk about an attack surface. Yeah, and right. In the end, it's like I'm putting cameras everywhere in my house. Yeah, it can be creepy. <laughs> yeah. creep factor. I don't, I don't know. Is your wife bought into the, the creep factor? Is she okay oh, with that, that? Yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah, you're not worried <laughs> about that. There you go. <laughs> Two thumbs up. <laughs> All right, well, what else do we need to know? Where do we get started with this? Like, what is, uh, I found the link to the uh, the Visual Studio plugin for AllJoin. That's yep. awesome. Yep. So you can just mm -hmm. work in and I'll join. And there's also a device system bridge template. Right. So, for building. So you need, you need that template. I mean, is, are, you, are you pretty much expected you're going to end up, your code's going to involve building a bridge? Uh, what, what is a bridge anyway? And why do I need a bridge when I can't do, what does that mean exactly? So, the, since you can't talk all join with, with the, directly with uh, C-Wave devices, for okay. example, you need right. some translator. Right. So you can do it either with the device system bridge or you can use it with the open translator of things. Two things, sorry. And mm -hmm. I, would, I would think there'd be like an API. Is that essentially what the bridge is? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so it, it's going to expose the, the devices as all join, join devices on, on one side, and then you will, have, you, you will implement a service yeah. that basically translates the all join to whatever protocol you have on the other side. Yep. Okay. Is there not a lot of open source development going on in this space right now? There, there's some GitHub projects you like to watch? Uh, there are some. Uh, you have the Philips Hue bridge, for right. example, that's open source. Um, I will re re release mine soon. So. Right. Uh, and Microsoft has a lot of bridges in their samples as well. Right. Oh, yeah. I searched on all join on GitHub and got uh, 30, 330 repositories. Yes. So there's stuff building, people building things, including the, the core all-join project from the All-Scene Alliance. That's, yep, yeah. that's mm. the center of it, but it's a C++ project. Yeah. Right. 
Jimmy, I'm going to recommend that you that you look into the security aspects of this because you just uh, it, IoT is a particular security threat. Yeah, and uh, I, I just want to be sure that there you know that there isn't a way for. Uh, systems to be compromised. Um, when we talked to that famous episode with Clemens Vasters and IoT, he laid down his laws of IoT, and one of them is that thou I, thy IoT device shall only be a client, not a server. So the more things that answer the phone and answer a socket, essentially increase your attack vector. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But you know, I might be just uh, that may be a little over paranoid, but you know. There, it's better to I mean, care on the side of caution. still need ways to update devices, and that essentially makes them a server to some degree. Nope, doesn't. They can phone home to a client, see if there are any new uh, updates, and, right. and download them. They have them. to request it. But you could pull for that, yeah. Yeah. You can't necessarily make them do it. You've got to wait for them to ask for it. And yeah. the other thing is continuous, always encrypted communication. Always. Yeah. Yeah. But I just... Yeah, I don't. I think I'd be a heck of a lot happier with this, and I don't see that just quickly looking through the all join documentation. It's like, is there a mentality here of we talk encryption at all times? Like yeah. that's just that is the way we talk. Yeah, I mean, it, you don't necessarily need to encrypt your data if you're just talking about lighting voltages, but but if you have sensitive data, that's another thing, of course. But not only that, but are you exposing the greater network? That's the question. Mm. Yeah, but and, and just like the, it's easier to speak. 433 all the time, mm. right? Port 433, not 433 megahertz, right? Like just, Interesting. If we're <laughs> just, if that's where we are all of the time. Yeah. You know, and I do think we have to get better at this. Like, what if we just had a ritual that everything had a cert, and you sort of, you have this point where it's like, you have a, each device as it gets brought into the network, you say, this cert's valid in this network. Mm. And, and so every device now, before it negotiates with that device, just checks in with, uh, is that a good cert? Mm. You know, is that part of my home? Okay. So outside devices just have to jump through this hoop of, you need to be recognized by my network, speak my encryption protocol, mm. and when I see that certificate, I know it's you. Right? Yep. Like right away, it's like, you're part of my gang. You're, you're good. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's an attitude of, we only speak encrypted. Yeah. Right? It's, you see that happened to open Wi-Fi, right? Where suddenly... Your Google searches are on HTTPS, right? <laughs> like just that attitude of everything is HTTPS now mm -hmm. yeah. so that we get away from ever thinking we're, because we can't make a mistake, right? Right. It's just the, I don't know if there's anything in negotiating with a light switch that's going to expose my network in any, in any way. What I do know is if it's always SSL, I don't have to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that just ends that conversation. Yep. And it's just not that hard, right? Like we're sort of there mm -hmm. that if we, take it on this mindset of that is the protocol we're going to speak in and everybody has a certificate on all ends, the rest of the conversation is over. Right? Yep. We are kind of thinking in terms of not perimeter security anymore, but every communication path is a secure path. There's nothing to touch. Not that I'm going on a rant here or not, but, <laughs> but hanging out with Troy Hunt too much, I think. I'm excited. I think this is good stuff. And I'm it glad is. to see the big players really getting on board with it. Yeah. I hope that Alljoin just becomes the default for any device I acquire. You know, mm -hmm. put yep. that new lighting system into the basement. Sure. And uh, they don't, we don't have a scene programmer yet. I was thinking about going Raspberry Pi. Yeah. But why wouldn't I mix Alljoin into that so that I could grab a Zigbee light switch and it would just work with that system? Yeah. So what's next for you? Are you going to try to make this work on as many devices, types of devices as you can? Or Yeah. So, so I... I did two talks here at um, mm. at, at NDC. Uh, one was about Bluetooth. Okay. So that's the next step for me. I'm going to try to do a Bluetooth bridge. 
And Bluetooth to all join. Yeah. I mean, you've got to think that exists. Um, they, they talk about it, but uh, I, don't, I haven't seen the actual bridge. Right. Hmm. Uh, and I mean, Bluetooth is, is I'm, I'm talking Bluetooth low energy here. Right, uh, yeah. And the LE. It's yeah. really, really simple. I mean, it's just bytes. Yeah. I mean, every time I look at the documentation, it's like, oh, yeah, we do that. It's like, well, <laughs> give me the bits. Yeah. Where are the bits? But yeah, in theory, there's no reason we couldn't speak on anything here, yeah. right? It looks at Bluetooth LE the same as it looks at Z-Wave and ZP, yeah. and, you know, it's all basically the same thing. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a 